You're listening to Podfabula Productions, a mashup of fiction, nonfiction, ideas, and commentary, created and narrated by your author host, Victor Aquista. Today's episode, Murders in the Inn. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening in. You've been working hard, so how about a little vacation? Maybe a nice, cozy bed and breakfast where you can relax, be pampered, get away, maybe even get murdered, or better yet, solve a murder, or two, or even three. I'll be reading today from the three-story volume, Murders in the Inn. You can put your sleuthing skills to the test and follow along with Sandy Evans, She's the new owner of a bed and breakfast in Washington, D.C. She believes the former owner's death wasn't an accident. She thinks it was murder, and Sandy intends to prove it. In today's narration, I'm reading from the second story, Another Murder in the Inn, which takes place during a fitness and exercise week at the inn, which is interrupted by a murder. And you thought your little stay there would be relaxing. Well... It could be restful, even your final rest, if you're not careful. So why not book your vacation at the inn? It really is a popular little place. In fact, people are dying to stay there. So make a reservation and enjoy your stay. Just try not to get killed. Without keeping you in suspense any longer, here's an excerpt from Another Murder in the Inn. By Barbara Fox. Prologue. It was six o'clock in the morning. No one was about. No cars were moving. The air itself was silent as if waiting for something to happen or for the day to begin. A lone jogger, dressed all in white from the sweatband holding back unruly hair, to the t-shirt, shorts, socks, backpack, and the most popular and expensive brand of high-top running shoes, stopped for a minute to rest and stretch and take a long drink from the bottle of cold water. The old house on Pearl Street glistened and gleamed as the sun's rays bathed them in a soft golden glow. The street, hidden away in a corner of the fashionable section of Washington, D.C. called Georgetown, had once been strictly residential. Over the years, many of the houses were sold or converted, and now the street was an eclectic mixture of private homes, an office building, an embassy, an art gallery, a country club, and a bed-and-breakfast inn, which is where the jogger stopped. The wraparound porch on the inn, named the Ellington Inn in honor of the previous owner, looked particularly inviting. It, along with the rest of the inn, received a fresh coat of paint recently, and the owners had purchased a wicker table and chair set two chase lounges, and several rocking chairs. They looked comfortable and very inviting. The jogger was tempted to collapse into one of the lounges and relax, but instead sighed and started running again, this time cutting across the inn's front yard, jumping easily over the low picket fence and circling the swimming pool in the backyard. The jogger stopped again, this time to take a vitamin pill and wash it down with another long drink of bottled water. Almost immediately, the jogger began coughing and gasping for breath and looked around wildly for help. No one was there. 
Finally, choking and gasping for breath, the jogger fell onto the grass, twitched a few times, and was silent. The sun shone and looked almost like a spotlight, glowing on the body, lying on the bright green grass. Pearl Street was quiet in the morning sunshine. I'll fast forward here a little bit further into the story. Fitness week has been going well. The ladies are exercising and eating diet meals. It's morning three of fitness week. Janie, it's Sandy. Call me. Call me immediately. I have to talk to you now. I was so rattled, so upset. I didn't know what to do. I had to talk to a calm, rational person, and there was no one like that around here. In fact, there was no one around here, period. I was alone in the kitchen, and just minutes ago, there were people everywhere. The morning started out like any normal day. The alarm went off at 6.30, and by 7 o'clock, I was in the dining room helping Noah put out the juice and cereal and fruit. Blake was leading the early morning stretch class downstairs. Susie and Ms. Maddie were sitting on the porch resting after what they called their brisk morning walk, and Joanne was headed out the door for a quick swim. Noah was getting ready to go to the supermarket because we were almost out of fruit and milk, but he stopped in mid-sentence because we heard Joanne scream loud and long and over and over again. People came flying from downstairs, from the sun porch and from upstairs where Arlene and Lily were still sleeping. Windows opened, doors slammed, and over it all was that awful screaming. It was bedlam. I was the first one outside. What? I yelled. What's wrong? I had to yell because Joanne wouldn't stop screaming. What's the matter? And then I saw what was wrong. There was a body lying on the grass next to the swimming pool, a body that was lying very, very still. Everything stopped. Joanne stopped screaming, and everyone who had come running outside stood still. It was like we were all frozen in place for a minute. It's, it's Kenny, Joanne finally whispered. It's Kenny, and he's not breathing. I think he's dead. Miss Maddie ran past her. I wouldn't have believed she could run so fast. She sat right down on the grass next to Kenny. She put her hand on his shoulder and kept patting it. She started crying. Someone handed her a tissue. The next few things happened very fast. I ran inside to call 911, Blake and Kimberly whipped out their cell phones and called, too, and in less than five minutes there were ambulances and fire trucks and police cars lining the street and the driveway, and three paramedics were working on Kenny. What happened? we kept asking. What happened to him? Healthy, athletic, 32-year-old men don't just collapse and die for no reason. But the paramedics couldn't, or wouldn't, tell us anything except that he was dead. We knew that. We wanted information, but what they did was put him onto a stretcher with a blanket over his face, lift him into the ambulance and drive away. Miss Maddie, looking very pale with tears running down her face, insisted on going with them. I'm a relative, she said. I'm his aunt and I'm coming with him. The whole thing, from the time we found Kenny's body to the time the ambulance drove away, didn't take more than 15 minutes. We all just stood there, stunned. It seemed like we should do something. But what? 
what do you think? What happened to Kenny? I know. If you're a fan of South Park, you're probably wondering, Oh my God, who killed Kenny? But this isn't a cartoon drama. Kenny's dead, and someone needs to figure out why and how, and maybe even who done it. All the clues are there. Was it Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlestick? Unlikely. The colonel is not currently visiting the inn, but you are. Are you a suspect? I think you'll enjoy working with Sandy the innkeeper to figure it all out. Author Barbara Fox has given us a perfect example of a cozy mystery. According to Publishers Weekly, cozies usually feature an amateur sleuth, an unsuspecting victim, a quirky supporting cast, and a trail of clues and red herrings as the main ingredients. Speaking of ingredients, her books have an extra bonus of including some delicious recipes. Perhaps you want to cozy up with her book and test your crime-solving skills. And if you want to try something a little more interactive, stop by and try your skills by engaging in virtual crime-solving mysteries at Mystery on the Menu, available on the author's website. I've put links to her website, author page, and Mysteries on the Menu in the show notes. Stop by and have some fun while you exercise your brain. Speaking of exercise, it's time to rejoin the ladies on their week of fitness and exercise. Have fun, and please, don't follow in Kenny's footsteps. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode. Check out the show notes for information about Podfobler Productions' Facebook page, my author website, and the eight streaming platforms that carry the show. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and keep an eye out for my upcoming suspense novel, Serpent Rising. Until next time...